Thank you for joining us this week at GCCK Podcast. Grace on your podcast, you're listening to us. We're praying that you'll be strengthened and encouraged through our time together. 오늘도 말씀을 통해 세임 얻으시고 믿음이 더해지시기를 축복합니다. Good evening, church. It is so good to be with you. And pardon my voice is a little sore, but I, I have no problem preaching the word of God tonight. And I intend to preach it out and add faith to you. Amen? All right, before I start, I want all of us to kind of um, breathe in and breathe out. One more. Breathe in. Breathe out. The air of 2019. <laughs> Nothing different. Like grace of God. Still the same. But his grace and mercy is new for you every day, including today and this year. Amen? And that is faith. One of the men of God that I loved when I first started studying the Bible in death wars was Dr. Howard Hendricks. He taught Bible and hermeneutics, Bible exposition about 40 years plus till he passed away a couple of years ago. And he just taught the Bible, especially the New Testament, all his life. Discipled men, changed a generation of fathers. He was a man of God, a man of faith. One day, a young man came to him. He's been attending a church for a long time. And he said, you know what? I'm kind of like the bottom line guy. And, and, and professor, if you don't get this right, I really don't know if I want to stay at church. Because I've played church enough, and I just want to figure out what this is all about. Because I read the Gospels, I read the Bible, and, and there's a lot of stories, a lot of things out there, a lot of details. I don't know if I want to jump all the way in, so give me the bottom line, would you? What was Jesus teaching the disciples? What was he about? Though he studied the Bible all his life, for 30, 40 years, he stopped and looked at him. He didn't know. Now, if I was Dr. Hendricks, I would just start talking and start to make stuff of Holy Spirit speak. I don't know, but Holy Spirit speak. But he wouldn't do that. He would remain silent. Get the young man. He humbly and gently said, you know, I don't know, son. Come back to me in a few months, he said. He went back. He studied from Matthew to Revelation. He actually went over to Genesis and studied over and over. I can't get to the bottom of this. And he would study. He would, he would pour out his sweat and blood over this. A few months after, the young man actually comes back, knocks on the door. Professor, I hope you figured it out. Did you? He looked at him. You know what Jesus was trying to teach? It's faith. It's faith. Every chance our Lord had, he would teach his disciples faith. Us as a church, we're entering a series called Great Faith. And that is what our fast will be on next week. So today I want to talk about faith because all of us do need more faith, don't we? Overflowing faith at those miracles. And I think when faith starts to move in us, it's not just something that moves something that's outside, though we're going to talk about those things, even in your finances, we're going to talk about that as well. I think one of the greatest miracles that faith starts to have is something that happens inside of us, where all your anxiety starts to be driven out, where all your fear starts to bow, and all your doubt doesn't exist anymore in an instance. So it's not a choice that you and I made. It was something that descended from heaven. And we said, I love that. I choose that. And somehow your life, miracle after miracle, start to rise up all over the place. Almost it was, it's been welling up and it's been waiting. Now it's bursting forth. That's what faith does. 
I pray that blessing over you, and I pray that blessing over us. One more thing that Dr. Howard Hendricks said, how big is your God? The size of your faith determines the size of everything. 2019, how big is your life? 2018, how big was it? How big would you like it to be in 2019? Do you know that it all depends on the size of your faith? Your faith. So I pray that through this sermon, you and I will get to have that heart and yearning desire to ask God to say, Father, I want more faith. I mean, we had it good in 2018, but as a house, we want more faith. Because our vision, our calling is to win the city. To win the city. Not just have a great worship service and do great church. Win the city. Let's jump right into the passage because this is the feeding of the 5,000. And then so many of you know this story so well. You've read it. You, you've, you've been taught on this. Actually, I was, because my office in the second, is in the second floor where all the uh, four-year-olds are worshiping. I actually saw this story maybe a few months back. They were teaching it. It was great with the little diagram and, and the markers and, and the movie. It was great, great teaching. But a lot of times we stop there, though that's part of the story, and it's great. It's feeding 5,000. And if you like food just like me, and I can see in some of your eyes that you love food, I can see it in your body, in your face, because over the span of last month, I don't know what happened, but you are. Yeah, I'll just um, move on for edifications. But we love food, and that's okay. You're, like, you're looking at it, you're going like, that's great, feeding free food. Who doesn't like free food? One of the reasons why I come to 715 is the free pizza. So great stuff, free food. We stop there. And that's great. He wants to feed us. And that's the heart of this leadership. We, they do want to be generous. They do want to feed you and, and the city. That's great. But this passage really is teaching faith. Teaching faith. Let's jump into verse 3. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. And see this because Christ is always very intentional. He's sitting in front of the mountain where he could see everyone. And he would say, hey, disciples, you guys, you're sitting next to me. And some of you young leaders, you're saying, you know what? I want to walk up into the mountain. I want to sit right by the senior leadership and I want to be there. That heart is great. But no, it's not just the sight that you get. It's not the view, only the view you get. It's a responsibility that you get. Responsibility of having more faith. And furthermore, feeding others, verse 5, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, great crowd, not just hundreds, thousands upon thousands, he said to one guy, Philip, hey, Philip, I like you. Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? So in my translation, this is what it sounds like. Philip, we're putting your name, Philip. Here's about 15,000 to 20,000 people because it's above 5,000 here it says, but it's only men, right? So a lot of scholars say at least 10,000, more like 15,000 to 20,000, right? Here's 20,000 plus people. Good. Number two, it's lunchtime. Number three, you're buying. <laughs> My translation, K-A-S-B, Korean American Standard Bible. That's my version. Anyway, and, and, and then Philip's going, because if you look at Philip and if you study him, you, re you realize that he's very realistic and he's very calculating. That's who Philip is. So if you're in accounting, we love you, and you could relate to Philip easily. You are one of his disciples. He loves you. You're like, oh, excels. I love him. I love how just put in the numbers and it does the math for me, and it's, never, it's always consistent. It's accurate. You're all for accuracy. He loves you. Christ loves you just as you are. I'm different from you, but I love you too. 
There, he was very calculating. He was very realistic. So he's looking at the math real quick in his head. Go like, okay, twenty thousand people. So do you know that in an average restaurant, if you do two hundred customers per lunch, you're doing awesome. You're doing wonderful. Two hundred customers. Going, okay, lunchtime. Okay, twenty thousand. What, what do I do? Okay, two hundred customers. He's thinking, okay, if I had hundred Chick Fil A's right now, that would be enough. But where it's a desert in the middle of nowhere. Where do I get 200 Chick-fil-A's? And you're like, Pastor, why do you pick on Chick-fil-A? First, because I love him. And number two, because in the recent study, Chick-fil-A waffle fries had got number one place in all fast food category. So <laughs> shout out to Chick-fil-A. It, it, it won over Popeye's chicken, In-N-Out fries, and Wendy's Frosties. Wendy's Frosties. What's going on here? Let's go Chick-fil-A. Kingdom of God, bring that heavenly food all over nation. Come on, do it. <laughs> Not just the south, but all over, because we're, we're still south. Anyway, so oh, wait, before we talk about anything else, can we thank the hospitality team? If you're in this room, can we thank them right now? All right. Because how, how can you talk about feeding people without thanking them, right? Because they feed thousands upon thousands every Sunday and every Wednesday as well, hundreds. So they're pretty amazing people. They do the Lord's work. And Philip's doing all the math, going like, ah, this is impossible. And Jesus is saying the exact same thing. We have a commentary, verse 6. Let's go to verse 6. He asked, Jesus asked this only to, what does it say? Test him. What taste test is faith? For he already had in mind, already had in mind what he was going to do. Isn't that amazing? He knows what he's going to do. He knows what he's going to do to you in 2019. He knows that he has prepared. He has all the miracles ready for you. But he's still going to ask, can you feed them? Can you feed them? Can you win the city? He's going to, even if you volunteer or not. But he's still inviting us. Isn't he good? And in the process, growing our faith. Isn't he amazing? Isn't he kind? Isn't he patient with us? Though he's almighty, he's powerful, he can just do it just like that. He doesn't even need us, but he said, you know what, I'm going to invite you. Philip, oh man, I know you're in the accounting, I love you as well. Not just the pastor, but the accounting guys, I love you. The girls who make it happen, even Jessica, who was right up here, man, God loves someone like that, who makes things happen and challenge that faith with what? Circumstances that are impossible. If you're writing notes, write this down. The circumstances that, circumstances that you're facing that seems impossible that is an opportunity for your faith to grow. You're like, Lord, I don't even know how that, how that child is going to get healthy. My child that I've been praying for, we went to all the doctors, all the professionals. Man, our bank account is just draining and draining and draining. I don't even know what to do. That is an opportunity for you parents, your faith to grow. You're going, I worked really hard on my marriage 2018. It's still not there. I still want to give up. And my friend... When is she going to get saved? That's an opportunity. My parents' health, oh man, Lord, I'm praying for them, but the cancer, it came back. What do we do about that? And God is saying, son, daughter, I love you. This is an opportunity. Come on, join in my work. We say we're praying for the nations. You look at what's happening in the nations, and some of you join the sentiment going like, what are we going to do about that? And the Lord said, Go reach the nations. You're like, us? I have a hard time just managing my house. And my kids, sending them through college. Why is college so expensive? Why is the price going up on everything? It's impossible. 
the Lord says, win the city. Win what? I can't even win my own heart. Every aspect of those things, that's what's impossible. And let me read the verse six one more time. For he already had in mind what he was going to do. Receive that word. For what he already had in mind what he was going to do. Do you think your good God doesn't have all the provisions already ready for you in all those circumstances? Yes, he does. Yes, he knows what to do, but he just wants your faith to grow because faith always grows through the impossible. Because faith always grows through the impossible. The things that you think about going like, that is impossible, I can't do it. That's exactly how your faith grows. If you think you could do it, why would you need faith? Why would you need God, right? That's how we think. That's why God is saying, yeah, I know, you need me. And you got to believe in me. I know I get it. This is good because you and I, in the faith, we're going to work together. Let me move on to verse 7 because I want to talk about two different, uh, the two different responses that two different people had. Number one, Philip, verse 7. Philip answered him, eight-month wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. So let's contextualize. Eight-month wage. We're talking about, about, about $35,000 to $40,000. So math, please hear me. I know some of you did budget and tech season's coming up and a lot of different things or all the gifts that you, you, you shouldn't be buying but you bought for yourself already so you're like, ah, what do I do? And you're like, what do I do with this, right? You're looking at all the bills and going like, what do I do? Budgeting is great, but please hear me. If you do not add your faith to your math, you'll either get prideful or you just get discouraged. Please do budget. Please do budget. But if you do not add faith to that budget you look at the number and it's big and it's good you're doing well and you go like i get prideful i got this and you, you're doing budgeting it's just always lacking like i knew i didn't have money I, i'll do budget you go like i'm in the worst position that i thought i could be and your faith just drops and you get discouraged if you do not add faith to your budgeting please do budget please do budget you're not going to be generous or you're just going to be prideful or just being discouraged so he's doing all the math. I don't have that money. And please do remember Judas fell for money as well. So please add faith to all your finances. That's how you grow out of that discouragement that you're in right now. And the second response that we see in verse 8 is this. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is, is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? It's just five loaves of bread and two fish. And what does he do? This is faith. Please hear me. Faith gives our all. That's all it is. Faith gives our all. And this is what faith sounds like. I know even if I give my all, it won't fix the problem. Even if I give my all, my child won't get sick. Even if I give all, this marriage will not get fixed. Even if I give all, I can't change that person's heart. Even if I give all, my finances won't get fixed. My job position won't get fixed. I might not get married. Oh, Lord, I know you asked Abraham to wait till 100, and I'm getting close to, come on, Father, let me get married. You're not close to 100. You're maybe close to 30. Like, am I ever going to meet someone, Lord? God is asking us to win this city. Go like, if we as a church give it all, can we win this city? Do the math. We cannot. But we still give it all anyway. 
That's what faith looks like. So here's, a math, here's the math of giving it all. This is what faith sounds like. Faith is this. Our all plus God equals miracles. That's what faith is. That's what faith is. Our all. We always give all. And then God shows up. And then it's a miracle. It's a miracle. And you're saying, Pastor, okay, giving all sounds good. What does that look like? Why don't we start with tithing? Why don't we start with tithing? It's a symbol of all, isn't it? It's a symbol of all. God is, God is not even saying give me 100. He's saying 10% for your soul so I could open that portal of blessing over you and your soul will be well and sturdy and grounded. That you won't be taken away by the love of the money which the pool is so strong that no man can handle. So I want to bless you. Give me your all in that 10% as an expression. And maybe some of you and almost sense this in the spirit as I'm preaching. God is going to ask you to give more than 10. More than that you've ever imagined in 2019. I want to bless over you that the faith that matches that calling will come upon you. You'll respond with, respond with a faith, and you're going to see a breakthrough. You're going to win. You're going to see nations being won through you because you gave your all. Kind of like Livingston, the, the famous, famous uh, uh, what's, evangelist. Evangelist. This is what he did when he was little. I was sharing this story, I think, a few weeks back. That when he, he loved God so much. He wanted to give it all. He wanted to change the world, but he knew he couldn't. He didn't have anything to give. He didn't even have any money, and the offering basket was passing by. And you know what he did? He, he, took, he, he, he took himself, and he put his two feet inside the offering basket. Imagine that happening in the worship service. You're like, child, stop playing. Get out. Stop playing. Get out. But he was as serious as he could be. Lord, I want to give you all. I don't have much, but this is my five loaves and two fish. I'm going all into you. And if I put myself into you, can you do something? And God says, yeah, that's what I do. That's all that I do. But I just needed someone like you. I've just been waiting for someone like you. With enough to faith to say, I give you all. Holding nothing back emptying my cup to the last drop and saying, God, I know this is not enough. I know this can't even feed a man, a grown man, but all I have is here. And isn't that the faith that you and I should have as a church and as an individual where we say, God, we want to win the city. We want to see the nations being one. I know our last bucket, everything that we have, our five loaves and two fish, though it's, it's not a lot, God, but we're going to give it all. We're going to go into the basket and say, God, use our church and God honors that kind of faith. God uses that kind of faith to win a city and nation. That is what faith looks like. It's not enough. The math doesn't work out, but you give it all to God anyway. Let's move on and, and, and try to wrap this up. Verse 10. Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and men sat down, about 5,000 of them. This is what Jesus did. He made them sit in circles. What does it represent? Small group, shout out to small group ministry and all the small group leaders and Pastor AJ, shout it Somehow, Jesus decided, I'm going to do this miracle within the small group. Hmm. And verse 11, then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed, gave thanks. I am grateful. I am grateful. And distributed to those who were seated to as much as they wanted. 
They did same with the fish. And moving on to verse 13, so they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. So this is what's amazing. God does not just fill, give them to their fill, but it has leftovers, overflow. You know, when we give our all, we have overflow. It's a spiritual principle. You want overflow in your life? Give God all. You want overflow in your life? Give God all. That's what faith is. And he makes it overflow. Why 12? Because I'm guessing, just like you, and just like our hospitality, all just, just like all of the amazing leaders that are in this room, as you serve, you're the last one to eat. And you don't eat, you're feeding everyone, right? So maybe the 12 who are feeding the 5,000 or 20,000, they didn't have time to eat, and they get a doggy bag. 12 baskets, one per head. You think because you're serving, you're not eating enough. And Christ is saying, they got few bread. You get a basket. You get an overflow if you serve. That's how God works. 12 baskets, one for every one of you who has served in 2018. You serve hard. You were giving. You're like, God, when am I going to get fed? When am I going to get fed? And God is saying, here it is. You think it's done? Nope. You get a basket. You get a basket. You don't, you don't even have to share. The whole basket is yours. That's who God, how God is. And this kind of similar, very similar charge is given to us in Acts 1.8. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations to win the city. There are over 6 million people, according to census in 2017, 6 million people in this city, where we are, 31.9% are not involved with church or any religious activity. 28.3% says they're somewhat involved with church or faith. So we have a city that has 60% of people not connected or fully connected with Christ. And God is saying, hey, Grace, go get him. Go win this city. And you're, we, you and I are going, where do we start, God? Where do we start? And God is saying, give it all. Give it all. Let me go one step deeper before I close. What is faith? Let me define it in other way as well. Faith is believing even when you don't receive the promise. Faith is believing even when you do not receive the promise. Hebrews eleven thirty nine to 40. These were, this is the man of faith, the history of man of faith. These were all commanded for their faith, yet none of them received what they had been promised. They did not receive what they'd been promised. Starting from Abraham, did not fully receive what he was promised. Verse, verse 40, God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. What does that mean? That means faith looks like this multi-generation. Faith is, oh, it always works in multi-generation. As one of the younger person on the staff, may I say, we're standing on the shoulder of just spiritual giants in this house. And we have a heavy responsibility on us that we're pleased and honored to take. And that's what faith looks like because our fathers say, you know what, here's a vision, win the city. And maybe, maybe they might not see that come in their generation, but that is okay. That's what faith looks like. 
It's not, they have, it's not that they have failed in any way, but that is their man of faith. So they have big enough faith to dream big things that does not come true in one generation. But God is saying, yeah, that is the way it's supposed to be. Because big faith says it's not something that you can do in one generation or your lifetime, but says it will last many generations, from generation to generation, dreaming one thing, one big thing, going, come on, put in your faith. Faith of one generation, upon next, upon next, upon next, upon next, till our Jesus Christ, the Lord, comes back. That's what faith looks like. So I know some of you might be discouraged by the fact that the prophecy that you've been given, the promise that you've given, it was not fulfilled yet in 2018. It's okay. That's why you need faith. Because faith is this. I did not receive what I thought I would receive when I thought I would be receiving it. But I believe that God is good. I believe that he's mighty. And he's a plan. And he has a purpose. I'm going to wait on him. That's what faith sounds like. Maybe that's just you. Maybe that's the faith that you and I need. You've sown some things in 2018 and you're not seeing anything happen. Man, I poured out all this. I went all in. Nothing's happening. I gave my five loaves. I gave my two fish. I had nothing to eat sometimes. I went hungry. I went cold sometimes. God, what's happening? Just wait. Because he is faithful. Because he is good. He always makes you reap what you sowed in weeping let's pray Father we do want more faith we do want more faith that means even if we don't see what we want to see when we want to see it we're going to acknowledge that God you are so good you are still in control that you have not changed and we just need to wait and maybe if that's you this evening that you your faith fell away from God and you said you know what I want to start all over I want to receive Christ as my Lord and my Savior because that faith is what saves you just believing it that he's your Lord that he died for you and rose in third day testifying that he is the son of God that faith if that's you would you raise your hand to show a brand new start in the new years I want to start the year right by receiving Christ is that you anyone All right, good. Before Pastor Sean comes up to lead you in prayer, I want to lead you guys into just one prayer. But all of us, let's just pray together. This is the prayer that we're, you and I will pray. Lord, I'm going to go all in, holding nothing back. You are my all. You are my portion. You are enough. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. I'll give you all. I don't have much. I, didn't, I really don't have much. But what I have is yours. If that's you, would you pray that with me in your heart? Let's pray. Father, Lord Jesus, we ask for you, Lord Jesus. We do want to give our all in this year.